0: Kind of symbology what is at stake it is a big idea
1: a new world order where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind my question to you is in any of your government jobs have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs and if you have when was it and what were you told
0: well if I had been briefed on that I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it Got out in 1989, we had catalogued 57
2: different species.
1: We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, By the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free
3: and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings.
4: Welcome to Sky Watchers Radio here on this beautiful 10-26-2011, Wednesday the 26th, 2011. Halloween is right around the corner, and for everybody who wants to talk about spooky stuff, we got some spooky stuff for you tonight. But as always, the co-host here tonight is Mr. Brian McComas. Welcome, my friend. How are you doing tonight?
5: Hey, I'm doing great, Angel. uh, I sound a little under the weather, but I'm not. It's just allergies, so... Do forgive me if I, uh, sound like I'm sick. I'm not, but I'm doing great tonight. Uh, I'm excited about the guest. Uh, I've been reading about him for a while. I, I honestly didn't really know who he was beforehand and that's kind of rare, but man, he's, he's been all over the place. He should be famous. Yes. I should know him. <laughs> I need to, do my, yes, I need
4: to do my homework. That's what I'm saying. I need to do my homework. Paul Dale Roberts is going to be our guest tonight. That's the man who Brian is talking about. And he's actually been on the show probably more than you have, Brian. Uh, I mean, he's been on the show a few times. He's been on Jackal's Head, of course. Uh, you know, really interesting fellow. He's been all around the world. And he just got back from a little trip down to Area 51. And we're going to talk tonight to Mr. Paul Dale Roberts about his trip to Area 51 and the mysteries awesome. surrounding that base. Of course, this is a ufology-based show. So, Brian, what do we do around here? We talk ufology, right? A little bit of ufology. Oh
5: yeah, oh yeah. Paranormal, well, ufology, bit. aliens, abductions. It, it's all. Of well, the guess mix. what?
4: This guy, Paul Dale Roberts, has a little bit of all that mixed into his story. You can talk ufology. You can talk about the chupacabra. You can talk ghost hunting. You can talk the Loch Ness monster, Bigfoot. Just about anything. This man has been around. In fact, Brian. I, yeah. I, I know. I was just to say. I uh, even.
5: I even see he's been on an episode of, with the Mayan prophecies of 2012. He's been all over the place.
4: This guy's been all over the place. I know he has a very lengthy bio. You want to uh, read the bio here for the audience so they can uh, see who exactly we're talking about before we get him on the air, and he's going to be with us in about 15 minutes, guys. Uh, but here, you want to tell the audience his bio real quick.
5: Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and spit this out, guys, and this is a really long bio. Uh, first of all, his name is uh, Paul Dell Roberts. He served in the United States Army from 1973 to '96, or er, from '76, uh, working with the CID—that's the Criminal Investigation Division—and the DST, which is the Drug Suspension Team, from 1979 to 1986. He reenlisted in the Army. But this time with military intelligence as an intelligence analyst with the photo Interpre- interpretation center uh, in Korea. Later, Roberts became an OPFOR, opposing forces, Soviet threat instructor, teaching elite troops like the Navy SEALs, uh, the Army Special Forces, Army Airborne Rangers uh, on how to use a uh, variety of Soviet-made weapons. Uh, he's also well known for dancing. as a professional dancer. He's made appearances in movies and commercials during the 1970s to the 80s. In 79, Roberts had the Guinness Book of World Records record for dancing 205 hours. That lasted wow. for one, one month. Man, I know I dance guys and I'm tired after four hours. I get out to the club, man. I'm telling you, this guy did it for a month. Now, th- this all is impressive, but we're going to keep reading about his bio. Uh, this record was shown in Ripley's Believe It or Not. After holding the record, Roberts performed as a dance extra in Roller Boogie and Skate Town, USA. Roberts later made a few disco dance commercials and appeared on several Korean TV shows and movies, uh, including a reality television show. I I believe it's called Incon, Incron, but that's over in Korea. Uh, I don't think it's in American culture. Uh, in 2007, Roberts appeared on several reality television series and became known as a reality actor after Rose on Showtime's Pen and Teller, their series Bullshit. Uh, most, most everybody knows about that series, so that series is awesome for him to even be on that. Yes. Uh, he was, yep. he was involved with the Mayan Prophecy... Go ahead, Angel, I'm sorry.
4: Mm. I'm just saying, yes, I'm agreeing.
5: Okay. Awesome. Yeah, he was involved in, uh, it looks like it was an episode called The Mayan Prophecy of 2012. Uh, conversations with a serial killer. Uh, the Richard Trenton uh, Chase episode and Ghost Girls TV with Shannon McCabe and celebrity psychic Nancy Bradley. Roberts has appeared on Mysteries of Angels and Demons documentary. He's also discussed demonology. He's involved with segment episodes of Monster Quest on the History Channel. The episode he is involved with deals with, now this is a, Misprint here on his bio, but I believe we we're saying Sasquatch and Mothman. They put Bat Bat Squatch. I think they're talking about Sasquatch and Mothman. Um, he was involved in, a, yeah, he was involved with the Michael Jackson series called The Search for His Spirit, um, and that aired on November the sixth, two thousand nine. Uh, Roberts is a freelance writer who has written travel articles, comic book reviews, and paranormal stories on ghosts and UFOs. He's been a guest on the X-Zone, a Canadian paranormal radio show. He's discussing the connection between military intelligence and UFOs, which that's going to be a good one there. He has been a guest four times on the Spirits Wine and Song Paranormal Radio Show from California. Uh He is now... He's now been on very, well, it just says he's been on a, a variety of radio shows, appearances, and local TV shows, like Nancy Bradley's Intro into the Unknown, and Sacramento, the Sacramento Channel 17 UFO Connections. Roberts is a contributor, contributor for Brad, I, I guess that's Steger's book, Night Stalkers and Creatures Stikers. from the Dark Side. Stykers, yeah. yeah. Creatures Brad, Brad from the Stikers. Dark Side. Uh, my gosh, his bio's so long. He's, man, this, this guy's impressive, guys. Uh, in 1996, uh, he was part, he was, he had a part in a comic book, The Legendary Dark Silhouette. Uh, it's being made into a movie by an independent movie producer, Howard Nash. Roberts is now the president of Jasma Online, I believe I'm pronouncing it right, a comic book industry promotional company which seeks to promote aspiring writers and artists in the comic book and animation industry. Uh, now we're gonna have him on tonight, and of course, uh, like Jackal was saying, uh, he's been on, uh, he's been on here on PSN several times, and, and uh, go ahead and talk about that, cause, uh, I'll, I'll be honest, I missed out on some of those shows, if you don't mind well, he was on
4: here, yeah, he was on here once, uh, with Lauren Magdalene Eisenhower. Remember her?
5: Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah.
4: They were on here once, uh, not at the same time. We interviewed one, one hour, and the other, the other hour. Uh, he's mm-hmm. been on my show several times. In fact, one of the, the most interesting topics we touched on with uh Paul was about the chupacabra uh, that you know hunt that he, or expedition that he went down into Puerto Rico. And very interesting stuff. Of course, they never found the chupacabra, but they never do. But still, very interesting stories and uh, interesting stuff that happened. I'm really interested to hear what he's going to talk about tonight because he's talking, he's going to talk about coming back from uh, a trip out to Area
6: 51. Yeah, and man. He and I, he can I'm talk really about so many to topics. Well, you're yeah. not kidding. I mean,
4: like, like I said, he could go on and on about just about any subject. But, I mean, Area 51 has intrigued me for a very long time just because of the simple fact of what might be going on out there. What exactly is going on in Area 51? What experiments are taking place? Is there anything going on in Area 51? Is there a lot of smoke and mirrors? Is it something really going on over there? Are we really doing something there? I've always oh, yeah. It and,
5: it's an intriguing yeah, Area 51 has so many conspiracy theories and just ideas connected with it. Uh, there are groups out there that say it has nothing to do with alien technology. Then there's, there's groups that say that that is where they faked the moon landing. If, if you prescribe to that, that theory and that conspiracy of the moon landing, they believe it was faked there. Uh, there is actually a lot of proof, which uh, I've, I've been following up on this, with World War II, when the Nazis were stealing a lot of artifacts that were considered holy artifacts with supernatural properties, that some of this was smuggled over, and Area 51 would have been the place that they would have hidden it. So there's always that theory, too. And then there's, of course, Roswell crash, and uh, the White Sands crash uh, crash, uh, along with many other, there, there's actually a very famous UFO crash that happened in New Mexico where they claim they got human organs out of the UFO and they stored it there. Uh, of course, everything that was up in Dayton, Ohio, uh, that was moved over there with the UFOs was eventually supposedly moved back to Area 51. I mean, honestly, if even half of the conspiracies and ideas about Area 51, even if, let's just say one-tenth of them, were correct there would be so much stuff there it'd be ridiculous
4: if you just believe what Bob Lazar has to say about Area 51 then just that's enough for it to make it a ridiculous story because it, it is an amazing story what Bob Lazar said was going on there but yeah you're right there's so many different conspiracy theories of what is over there what they're doing over there uh, you know are there aliens actually interacting with humans and doing some kind of experiments on back engineering whatever i mean there 's always going to be conspiracies, but wouldn 't it be funny if it turns out there's really nothing there and it 's all just conspiracy well
5: uh there is you know for people who are into area fifty one it 's of course called groom lake uh right. there 's a lot of interesting things about it there I know that there was aerial pictures a long time ago that were taken that. That pinpointed that the workers of Area 51 were flown in. They're not from e- e- around the area. They're flown in from somewhere. Right. Uh, there was another photograph that went like viral when the internet was pretty much brand new in, in the late 80s, uh, right. that showed several cars parked that had a lot of religious material in the cars. So then everybody, you know, everybody had conspiracies there and of course everybody says the Masons are involved in that and, and they got military pulled and this and that and that and this. Uh, but what right. I find interesting is there's a lot of evidence that General Patton during World War II moved a lot of artifacts from the, from the Nazi regiments, uh, and the Reich and everything that were being stored that supposedly had supernatural powers. And I'm talking about uh, the, the, uh, the spear that supposedly pierced Jesus, uh, there was supposedly some Chinese orb that talked to you, and uh, there were, I mean, the, 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 the material on that alone is insane, and General Patton did make public announcements about these objects, where they were going, what they were doing, and, uh, just that alone, a lot of people say would have been moved to Area 51. We do know it did go to America, and then poof, it disappears. Uh, then you got the Roswell I, crash. I mean, there's so I believe, much stuff. Uh,
4: Yeah, there's a lot of stuff, and I believe that the Nazis were working on some uh, alien technology. I mean, there's just so much, uh, too many stories about Nazi Germany being involved with the, with flying saucers and alien technology. Oh,
5: yeah, yeah.
4: It just makes so much sense. You know, remember, remember we, like you said, we brought in all the Nazi scientists. We brought in a lot of these guys to work. Right here in NASA, right here in the U.S., right here with the secret budget that they were given to be able to continue their experiments, that, that continued here. So who is not to say that the Nazi, you know, movement was in the the, the really the 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 Godfather of ufology
5: in mm-hmm. a way? Yeah, and there there were actually uh, Nazi enlistment posters that were spread through Germany that actually had a UFO on there, and you can still see these in historical museums, and it would say something like, uh, join the, the Nazi Reich and, you know, support your country and blah, blah, blah. And it would have soldiers, and behind them was a flying saucer. Now, what was that about? It, you know, I mean, there's so much history there with uh, just, you know... And, and if the Nazis were involved in supernatural things, uh, the psychic, uh, developments that they were doing on humans, uh, involvement with aliens, uh, superior technology, any of that stuff, uh, which I believe mm-hmm. they're involved in all of it, then where did it that's all that's go? Much. Yeah, it, and, and we know- right here. That's right, we know that General Patton and his squad ransacked uh, hitler's a uh, main castle where he kept supposedly this the spear of destiny and it was two hours later when hitler found out about this that's when he shot himself so you got to look at it like that and general patton did make comments about the spear of destiny and many other artifacts that were there yep. uh, that were that a lot of people could say hey they were paranormal they were supernatural they were alien technology uh, they were both uh, i mean lord only knows but uh, that stuff was in the hands of General Patton. He was an American general in World War II. He was the main one. Uh, yep. you know, history buffs need to read up on that. I mean, just the stuff there is insane with the documents, the evidence. Uh, and these are speeches and, and documents and everything. And, uh, some of the, some of the occult things that the uh, Nazis were involved in are well documented. Uh, and we gotta keep in mind the Nazis were also developing new weapons. They were developing new medicines, and they gave all this new technology. They they gave it over to the idea that the Nazis were involved with communications of non-human beings. Now, what that was, you know, we don't we don't really know, but you know, history buffs need to look into it. So, all that stuff would have been shipped to Area Fifty One. So, I'd love to hear what Paul has to say about that.
4: We're going to get with Paul in the, in the second area. In fact, we're going to take a commercial break here in a couple of seconds. Uh, real quick, though, I, I wanted to mention also, you know, as we're talking about the Nazi connection to UFOs, uh, there's also a, a connection with DMT, the drug DMT. And I was listening to Joe Rogan a couple of nights ago on, on YouTube talking about the drug DMT and his taking the drug. And his experience with dmT and seeing the aliens the little elves with the, with the hats on, and you know the whole thing the hallucinations he was having were, were outrageous, he says, but, but he made the connection that the Germans and the Nazis uh, were actually experimenting with dmt as well, and that 's how they got their information from the aliens to build the, the saucers. It was through dmt he made that connection, and you know I want to read more into that because that is an amazing connection and, and it makes a lot of sense because what other way has all these drugs like lsd dmt cocaine how how have these drugs got into the streets who has created these drugs the governments
5: that's they make exactly the right
4: they make, that's they've been exact. making these drugs for hundreds of years so who is better to distribute the drug the drugs the government. And of course, if they're experimenting with all kind of psychedelics, I mean, at one point or, no, or another, they're gonna see some shit. Guys, we're gonna be right back here with Paul Dale Roberts on Skywatchers Radio. Please stick around. It's gonna get really freaky tonight. We got Area 51 coming right back. Anybody wants to call in? 786-245-8127.
1: sightings in 2007. 854 abductions by aliens or unknown species reported by American and British citizens Expand your personal library with fast shipping and instant downloadable information from the largest selection of UFO products on the internet by going to theufostore.com or call on the 24-hour, 7-day-a-week order line at 541-523-2630. The truth is out there, and theufostore.com has it.
7: Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store.
4: Mental disorders are common in the United States and internationally. An estimate 26.2% of Americans ages 18 and older suffer from some sort of mental illness. Now this figure translates to 57.7 million people who suffer from some sort of mental breakdown. If you find yourself laying in bed on a Saturday or Sunday night hearing voices while you're trying to sleep, well it might not be that demonic being from another dimension trying to kill you where you sleep. Might just be your mental illness starting to kick in. So if you're out of meds for the night, then I have just the thing. Come listen to my show, The Jackal's Head, on the Supermedia Media Network. You can check out our Listen Live page only on www.psn-radio.com. See you there. This ad has been paid for by The Jackal's Head and the War on
7: Terror. War. It's fantastic.
3: Here's a riddle for you. What do the California Gold Rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A. A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more.
2: When you're ready to actually lose weight safely and steadily while being monitored by a physician, the weight loss clinic of Dr. Kim Jacobson is there for you. The family medicine practice was established by her father in 1956 and continues as a medical practice that now specializes in weight reduction. Dr. Kim Jacobson joined the practice 20 years ago as both a family medicine practitioner and weight loss specialist. The weight loss clinic utilizes a combination of appetite suppression medication and vitamins to produce great results, usually 3 to 4 pounds per week for most patients. Now you can change your lifestyle while still enjoying your own food, just less of it. They offer a choice of two, three, or four-week plans, so whether you just need to lose a few pounds or a lot, the Weight Loss Clinic of Dr. Kim Jacobson can help you. They're located at 5454 Northeast 4th Avenue in Miami, just two blocks west of 54th Street and Biscayne Boulevard. Call them at 305-751-0091. They'll be happy to answer any and all of your questions at 305-751-0091. Get started on a beautiful new body today with Dr. Kim Jacobson and the Weight Loss
0: Clinic roswell ufos flying saucers alien abduction
4: Everybody back to Skywatchers Radio here on PSN Radio, and now we have our guest of honor on the line here. Mr. Paul Dale Roberts is finally joining us, but before he is on air with you guys, Brian has a couple things he wants to share with you guys.
5: Hey guys, uh, the call-in number for questions and comments tonight is going to be 786-245-8127. I'll say it again, 786 245 Eight one two seven. We ask that anyone calling in, please keep questions and comments on the subject of tonight's show. And uh, like my uh, co-host uh, Angel said, we have Paul Del Roberts here. He is uh, part of the HPI Investigations, which is the Haunted Paranormal Investigations, and they are international. Uh, Mr. Paul, you are live on the air. Go ahead and say hello. Welcome, and <laughs> hey, <laughs> welcome to the how's, show. How's it, how's it
8: going, Brian? How's it going, Jackal?
5: Well,
4: as uh, as our partner Rick would say, greetings, Earthling. <laughs> <laughs>
8: <laughs> I like
4: it. Paul, it's awesome All having right. you back on here. We haven't had you on in many, many months. Many, many months. Mm-hmm. In fact, a lot has happened since the last time you were on Skywatchers Radio. And last time, Brian wasn't even the, the co-host here on Skywatchers Radio. It was somebody completely different. But now he's the co-host, and you're back, and you got a lot to tell us about Area 51. But... Let's not only start there, because I'm sure a lot has happened to you since the last time you've been here. What have you been up to, my friend?
8: Well, I went to Jamaica, and I investigated the White Witch of Jamaica. Yes, uh, the White Witch of Jamaica. Uh, She was a very petite little French woman. She has some uh, uh, African slaves. And she was known to kill. She had killed four of her husbands by poisoning or have another slave strangle uh, her husband. husband-to-be to at, the, at the time, and, um, and also, too, after she got rid of all her husbands, then she would have sexual liaisons with some of the uh, black slaves, and what would happen if she had sex with one of the black slaves, he had about a week to live, and she would have him killed. So she was a very, very evil woman, and supposedly she still haunts the plantation, and not only did I do that, but then I went over on a boat ride over to Haiti to interview a voodoo queen. And she gave a prophecy, and they blindfolded me in the whole works, uh, uh, in a jeep, taking me to this shack. I wouldn't even call it a house, it's a shack. She comes out with a, uh, with a bodyguard uh, holding a machete, and I thought I was going to lose my life right there on the spot. But uh, the guy who took me over there knew her very well. Um, uh, I guess he read some of my stories and everything else, and I think he bought my book. And so anyway, uh, she gave a prophecy about the United States. She says that we are, while we go into 2012, that we're going to have a monetary collapse, that the, uh, the money system is just going to completely fall apart. Uh, we won't be able to use our credit cards or anything like that. Our uh, money, our paper money is not going to be worth anything, and this is her prediction. And then they blindfolded me back, come to find out the guy that took me over there, who I corresponded with, told, telling them I'm going to Jamaica. We went over to the Dominican Republic, and we met another boat, come to find out. These crates were coming in, come to find out he was a gun runner. I didn't even know it. Huh, oh
4: my. So, yeah, yeah, so it's been kind of crazy. Yeah, no kidding. That's an understatement. So paper money is going to be worthless, huh? Who hasn't seen that one coming? That's
8: what. That's what. He, that's what her prediction is. Yeah.
4: But when did she say uh, that we'll that this was going to? Uh, this was going to take into effect.
8: She was saying like like in the beginning of 2012 or the very end of 2011, and this is we're falling into the end of 2011. So I haven't seen it yet, but. uh this is what she's saying that's going to
4: happen. I have a feeling that presidential elections might have something to do with this if uh, Mr. Obama is reelected. The dollar's over. Done. Wow. No more. Yeah. What do you guys think? Oh. No? Any Obama fans out here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I,
8: I, I'm, I'm hey, not an Obama fan.
5: Well, I mean, I'll say that, you know, um, with prophecies, you know, I listen to a lot of things, man, but uh that's kind of, I mean, you know, I'm not shooting it down, but that's kind of vague to me because it seems like it would be common sense to get rid of uh, paper money, um, and, that, you know, that's just me, I'm not trying to be skeptical or, you know, smart aleck, I'm just saying, uh it just seems common sense to to get rid of that, but, uh, you know. I'll have to look into this white witch.
4: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Hey, at least you, you spent some time in Jamaica, though. That's always a good time. So, so uh, other, than, other than that trip, what else have you been up to? Well, just
8: about everything. Uh, we're getting a lot of phone calls, so we're doing a lot of investigations. Uh, we just did an investigation today for Channel 3 News of a house of uh, 100 years old, one of the first homes in Orangeville, uh, where a boy was murdered by his uncle and uh, was dumped by the tree. Um, it was possibly once a slaughterhouse, so there's a lot of animal spirits there. There was uh, a ghostly cat scene. A gentleman uh, entity is seen there. They get poked, they get pushed, and everything else. So we did this uh, little uh, uh, quick uh, investigation for Channel 3 for their Halloween special, but we're going to thoroughly um, investigate it on Friday night.
4: Interesting. That's that's interesting. So Friday night, this Friday night, you gonna start the investigation then? What's that? Say that again. This Friday night's gonna start? Yeah, Friday night we're gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna have my
8: investigators over there and do a real investigation. So and find out what's going on over
4: in that house. Interesting. Well, you gotta you gotta follow up with us and uh, let us know what happens uh, with this investigation. But what have you been uncovering with the Area 51 now? Because this is the main interest of. Uh, a topic of interest here on the show tonight is Area 51. What's going on with Area 51?
8: Oh, all kinds of things. Uh, when we got there, okay, and I'm going to tell you the investigators that I had with me. I had Chantel Apocadaca. She's a psychic. In fact, she's with me tonight. Uh, Judy Rattershack; she's my techie, and she's here tonight. And Regina Tellez, uh, she's another techie, and she was, she's here with me tonight. And Tammy Straling went with us, and she's not here with us tonight. But anyway, uh, and they all had their own personal experiences and everything else. And uh, with the situation that we got over there, we went over to the uh, alien. And um, um, at the alien, wait, hold on. Uh, So anyway, uh, we went over to the alien. alien. Yes, and that's a a very famous place, and uh, if you uh, uh, watch the movie Paul, um, you will actually, um, you know, see the alien in that movie. So anyway, and the people there were really nice, and they actually let us camp out there, and um, so that was really great. We did our night. Observation there. They even took us in the quad uh, to three haunted locations near Area 51 a house and two trailers. And I'll let Chantel explain that one. And we went to the back gate of Area 51. And at the back gate, there's just all kinds of video cameras. All the signs are up that they can use uh, force on you if you cross over on the gate and everything else. They have sound enhancers where they can hear you walking and they can hear you talking. And as I looked up with my binoculars up on the hillside, I can actually see a guy in camouflage fatigues and, uh, and strapped on his back was a sniper rifle. So he'd take it very seriously, and he's looking at me with his binoculars. But here's the crazy thing, okay? Uh, George Knapp, and I, I know both of you are very familiar with uh, George Knapp, uh, radio personality, uh, uh, oh, yeah. I think he's done many interviews with Bob Lazar over at Area mm-hmm. 51. <clears throat> well, anyway, George Knapp tweeted the fact that HPI was going to go and investigate Area 51. And so that got a lot of attention. And when he did that, on my Facebook, Nellis Air Force Base is asking me to be their friend. I thought that was kind of weird. Besides that, Judy was actually visited by men in black. And I'm going to let her tell that story.
5: Wow, so, that's going to be a good one. Uh,
8: yeah, yeah, so let me get Judy because uh, it's best to hear from the horse's mouth. <laughs> so, right.
5: Hey, there you go. Uh,
8: You're yeah. calling her hey, a Judy? horse. No,
5: just kidding. Yeah. <laughs>
8: <laughs> Okay, here comes Judy now. And Judy's going to explain to you her misadventure with the uh, Men in Black. So, Judy, go ahead and take it
4: away.
9: Hi there. How are you?
4: Good evening, Judy. Welcome to the Skywatchers Radio. Now, what's this I hear about a Men in Black encounter?
9: Okay, so a week before we ended, it was about four days before we went to Area 51, I was actually outside of my garage and my daughter comes running up saying, hey mommy, you got friends coming over here. And I'm like, well I'm not expecting any friends. So I look outside the garage and I see two men who are all dressed in black and they have sunglasses on walk up to me. And I, I tell my kids to go inside because I didn't know who they were. And so I tell them, I'm like, I, I could, okay, who are you, you know? And um they didn't say anything, and the only they didn't have any names tagged showing who they were. So I was kind of like, what the hell is this? And so it was like I stepped into a portal. Um, once the men started talking to me, it was almost like I couldn't stop talking to them. And they asked me questions like, um, have you always grown up in Elk Grove? Um, how do you know... Uh, specific people, um, and they made no mention to me going to Area 51, but it was almost like they were prompting me to say something about it, or to, it was almost like they were trying to intimidate me to, to where I wouldn't go, um, because of the fact that we were we were one of the first teams to take soil samples and stuff like that, and we had posted that online and people knew about it, it was almost like they were trying to get me not to go, and it was
5: one of the weirdest experiences I have ever had in my life. That is awesome. And uh, now, is it Jenny or wow. Judy? Uh, it's Judy. Judy. Okay, Judy. Well, I'm the other co-host, Brian McComas. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you real quick while you're while you were talking about your encounter with the Men in Black. Uh, I have a very, very good friend of mine who is, uh, well, she's still an investigator in, in alien abductions and things like that. And she's, she's kind of skeptical, but she, she's ran across things. And she had an MIB experience. And I wanted to ask you some of the things that she noted. And I wanted to ask if you felt like that they were human. Now I know, so I
10: know they look I, human, but. Okay,
9: so let me tell you this. Um, one of the men that I, I had encountered, um there was actually two men there. There was one, and then there was another man. And one of the men was actually shorter, and he said, uh, one word to me, and that was it. And I, it almost felt like he wasn't human. But then the other person who had talked, he was taller, and he was thinner and um both had the sunglasses on and i was trying to get a look at uh, at their eyes because i didn't know like who these people were and i didn't mm-hmm. really trust them but i couldn't not talk to them that's how i felt and i okay. felt like the tall skinny man he was i felt like he was definitely human but there was something off about the other guy and he hardly spoke any words and it was almost like um when we had the conversation and they and and there was a pause. They would both look at each other as if they were like speaking to one another, but there were no words being said.
5: Mm-hmm. And
9: I felt like it was just. I know that man. He seemed like he wasn't real. He seemed like he was not of this world.
5: Okay, and, and uh, how long? How long did your conversation with with these individuals go?
9: Honestly, I it was about maybe. Five minutes, but it felt a hell of a lot longer than
5: that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's just key things that you're saying uh, besides the actual experience, just little key words you're using that uh, that really sounds like one of my good friends uh, that I haven't seen in years. Her name is Donnie Blessings, and she – right now I want to say she's uh, at Tennessee working with on there. Uh, but the the one – men in black, if you want to call him that uh, – the one that you said you felt like was the more abnormal one when – when you remember the encounter with that person, and if I were to say, "How was that person's body language?" Would you be able to tell me that their body language seemed human and natural?
9: No, I would not.
5: Okay, well, th- th- I mean, I, I don't want to coach, you know. I was just asking these questions, but the reason I say that is because uh, this is the second story that I've heard, like from the horse's mouth, if you want to say, uh, f- from somebody that with a credible story. Uh, in an experience with it, and, uh, the, the first person, I knew him very well, uh, and they were scared out of their mind, and they were, they actually left investigations to come back into it later, but, uh, they were terrified, and they kept talking about the body language. And, uh, the reason she kept talking about it is because she had went through a lot of FBI training, uh, mm-hmm. FBI type training with watching body language on a human to tell if they're lying, uh, if their intentions are clear, things like that. And, uh, the men in black encounter she had, uh, the body language was just way out there. Uh, I was even told when they walked, uh, walked away, they didn't sway their, their hands. Like their hands were just lifeless uh-huh. at their side and it was really weird. But, uh. It, it was
9: weird too because it was, it wasn't as if they walked up, it was more as if they, like, just appeared. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, it's okay. so hard to describe. Because it was so, sur- I felt like I was going crazy, and I called Paul immediately because I did. I honestly didn't believe what happened. I thought I was being delusional or whatever. And Paul goes, he goes, you need to write this down immediately. And so I wrote word for word everything that happened. I even drew a picture of what they looked like, and it, it was like I stepped into a wormhole and I was stuck there until they let me go.
5: Yeah, yeah, that's after, that's interesting.
9: After. After I was, and their body language was so weird too because it was like when, when they were talking to one another with their, their head, it was like they looked at each other to, to confirm or to communicate without even saying anything. But that was it. It was that, that was the only thing that they, they did. They didn't, they didn't do anything else. They didn't sway side to side. They didn't move their arms. It was mm. just so odd and bizarre.
5: I honestly felt I was going nuts. Yeah, yeah. That, well, I mean, you know, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to lead or anything. And I, and I have said some things that, you know, some professionals would say is, is coaching you, but, uh, you already had your experience. You, t- you told it before and, uh, we're just, you know, the listeners are hearing, hearing about it here on this show. Uh, but I, I had to jump in because, um, when you made mention about how they didn't specifically ask you questions of what you were doing and where you were, you're at and they're almost acting like they wanted you to bring up uh the situation. That's exactly what my friend Donnie had said about a situation. Yeah, it, she it was, was involved. Al- in. Exactly. exactly. Word, it was Word.
10: almost like they were, they were
9: coaxing me to say something, but I wasn't, I, I don't know. I guess I wasn't going along with it or I wasn't, I just didn't understand what they wanted.
5: Yeah. Now that's that's very interesting. So is that is I assume that's your first MIB encounter, right?
9: Yes, and I hope my because that was just too <laughs> weird <easier> for
5: me. <laughs>
9: I mean, I've I I've never I mean, before the whole experience I thought Men in Black was a bunch of garbage and it was like something you'd see on T V, you know, with Will Smith or whatever. I thought it was a bunch of crap. I thought people were just crazy and delusional. But then this happened to me and I'm like, okay, holy crap, what just happened? And that's why I called Paul, cause I didn't even, I didn't know who to talk to about it. And I know Paul has, you know, heard about experiences with other people. And I don't, I didn't even know he had his own experience with Men in Black or whatever. And I wasn't really into the whole alien thing. I was kinda just going along mm-hmm. cause I've never done it before. But for them to appear to me, I was like, why wouldn't you appear to Paul? Because he's more really, really into it. Why would you appear to, to somebody like me? You know what I mean?
5: Well, but you, you got to think of it now, if they are who you think that they are, the men in black, uh I, I try not to use labels because that's just how I am. But uh, the labels, I worry about coaching. But uh, if you, you got to look at it from their point of view, would they rather try to talk to Paul or you? And if I were in their shoes, I would talk to you. Uh The reason why is because Paul might catch on. Uh, there might be something going on that you didn't catch and maybe Paul knows a defense to it or some psychological tricks. Uh, it could be some, uh, telepathy thing. Uh, now I've, I've heard some crazy stories about the Men in Black. Uh, but um, even when the Mothman was really big seen down here in Port, uh, Point Pleasant, uh, there were Men in Black encounters and everyone was questioned on the street and it was the most public display that the Men in Black has ever done, and I think it should be in the history books. Uh, anybody that follows Men in Black should definitely follow the, the Mothman of Point Pleasant and uh, the Men in Black going out in the streets uh, in front of hundreds of people. But, uh, you know, uh, what you just said was really awesome. It was a great uh, a great experience and a great story for everyone to hear here.
9: Well, thank you. I know because I was doing some research, too, and they were saying that the president was only up to level 17 Clarence. And and then there's, like, 20 other clearances above that that the president doesn't even have to know about. So why wouldn't stuff like that happen and people not talk about it? It's not like of the course, president yeah. or anybody
4: else could do about it, you know? People are so confused you do about it people are so confused about what the real role of the president is they're, they're so hung up on the elections and the democrats and republicans yeah. they run this they run, the reality of the matter is the president is a puppet on a string and he's being pulled by all kinds of different directions by all kinds of different people with different agendas and a lot of these agendas are involving black pro, black projects black operations black ops you know things that you know they're work on on area 51 crazy stuff that to the rest of us might seem like insane technologies, but this is stuff they've had for many, many years now. It doesn't surprise me that there are such things as men in black. In fact, I had Nick Redfern on, who wrote a book about the men in black on the show here not too long ago, in fact, and we talked about different encounters with the men in black. It it is kind of surprising to hear that they almost seem alien-like though, in the way they move and their mannerisms. Uh, that, That I've never heard before, though. That's the first.
9: It's almost as if they're uh, telekinetic, like they could speak with just their thoughts instead of um, actually using human inflection or voices or anything. It's not like they have to use that. It's almost like they can speak in a different way, and we'll never catch it because we're just regular people.
4: So at any point, was there communication, though? I mean, did they speak at any point to you?
9: Um, they did. They did actually. I know that because they came up to my garage, I was kind of so um, kind of off-put about it. I didn't know even what to say, and they didn't say anything when they first walked up. They just kind of stood there and stared at me, and I was like, okay, well, I'm like, so uh, so, do you think the end of the world is going to be in 2012? That's the first thing that <laughs> came out of my mouth, out of anything else, right? And then that weird one guy that I was telling you about he tells me, he goes, the only person who will know is God. And that's it. That's all he said. That was it. But the way he said it was in, in, in his accent. His That's the one thing that I can re- always remember is I've never heard an accent like that before. Because I've never, it, it wasn't Australian. It wasn't British. It wasn't American. It was some kind of accent that I've never, ever heard before. It was the weirdest accent I've ever heard.
5: It was from the and future, that's the only, oh. <laughs> and that's
9: it, I know, and the, and that's the only thing he said. And then the rest of the time, um, the gentleman had said, um, so you've lived in Outgrove. He did. He never asked me, "Do you live in Alt Grove? He assumed that I. Lived in Grove. I'm like, yes. And I had a paintbrush because I was painting painting a picture of Paul at the time, and the picture with Paul would had like aliens and all that stuff because I know he's all into that stuff. And I had the paintbrush in my hand, but I had. I had knocked the, the picture that I'd done, I, I knocked it on the side so they couldn't see it before they even showed up. And I had the paintbrush in my hand and he goes, painting? Like that? And I was like, yeah. And he kind of like looked over as if what was, what, what, what were you painting? Almost like he was telling me, what are you painting?
8: Right.
10: And
9: I'm like, uh, just a piece. And it, it was just very short, like one word sentences, and that was it. And then, you and think, then they just. You think
4: that maybe they were after Paul in some way, and they they started maybe tracking you because of Paul.
9: I, it could be very true because uh, Paul and I are, you know, I'm this like second hand man now. And just because it's happened doesn't mean I'm going to stop doing what I what I do. I'm going to do ghost hunting. I'm going to go look out even more because of this. Because I'm curious. I mean, who wouldn't be?
4: The amazing thing that that, that really gets to me is that you know they would show up at your house uh, because you're doing these these things with Paul, but yet there's a TV show called Ghost Hunters on TV, and nobody goes to those guys' houses. Uh, what are you, I mean, what are you folks embarking on that is catching the attention of the you know the Men in Black? Because you're obviously doing something right that they're not doing on the TV show.
9: Well, let me tell you this: we we had planned this whole. Uh, thing with uh, Robert Winter in the Winters group. And we had been told by Robert Winter that if we go out and take soil samples that he has access to two different labs in two different locations. That way the government wouldn't know where they were. Of course they would know. But what we did is when we were there we actually took soil samples and we found these. Um, Paul had identified them as uh, microphones. So if you took a step they would be able to hear you anywhere you were out there. And we found a whole bunch of these little microphones and we put them in the bags and we took dirt samples and soil samples and rock samples and we put these all in these bags and we sent it to Robert Winter. Well, Robert Winter called us back a month later because Paul couldn't get a hold of them. And he goes, I don't have them. He goes, I've I made the whole thing up. And we're thinking, okay, well, I don't understand. Like you said, you were going to do this stuff for us. Were you just making us do the legwork and then finding the evidence and trying to get it yourself, you know, so it was kind of odd, and Robert Winter was actually sh- supposed to show up at Area 51 with us, and he called us that night-, night, and told us that his brother ended up in the hospital, so it was kind of odd, the whole occurrence in the thing, you know?
5: Are you sure he wasn't threatened? Um, you know, I'm certain you know I mean? he was. That he might be too close why to he...
9: something, and that's exactly what will happen. Yeah,
5: I mean, because... Uh... I've heard, I mean, I've heard a lot of MIB stories and and it's not uncommon for them to come to your house. Uh, in, in fact, uh, there was, I've even heard of them coming in casual civilian clothing. Uh, but they always wear those big shades and they act military like even when they're in casual clothes. Uh, but there's always one or two out of a group. Like even if eight or nine of them are at your door, there's always one or two of them that just seem really inhuman while there's, you know, and if it's just two of them, Somebody usually always says one seems human, one does not. And it's, it's always the same thing. It's like that with the Point Pleasant, uh, Mothman case. There was also a case in New Mexico. that was real big with, uh, some Mexican girls that went up on a hill and they found a, uh, some kind of creature and men in black came there. And, uh, I mean, it was just, you know, it, it was, it was the same, the same thing that came to the girl's house. But, uh, uh, the, you know, that's, that's, it's just a really interesting, uh, experience that you had, uh, but, with the other uh, with the other uh, you said his name was Mr. Roberts or was yes. his first name Robert yeah i mean Mario, it sounds Mario, like Mario that, yeah no no the other guy the other guy um, oh, yeah, yeah ro- robert that Winter. robert yeah it sounds like that he might have been uh told you know you know yep. what to say i mean i'm just saying cuz uh you know the the human the human spirit it's not natural for someone to say hey i made this up or hey i wasn't going to do this you, you know what i mean
9: Yeah, and the fact that 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 whole situation happened because even when Paul was trying to call him, the phone would cut off, just go dead. And that's just not something that happens all the time, you know what I mean? Like there has to be a reason why that's going to happen. And he would try to call Robert and then, of course, Robert said he would try to call him and then it wouldn't work and just the communication between the two kind of got blown out of the water because they couldn't contact one another and it was almost like somebody was in between there to to not let that happen.
5: Okay, and before this you said you weren't really into the aliens and UFOs, is is that correct?
9: No, not at all. I was like, Oh, really? We're going to Area fifty one? Alright, whatever.
5: <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I was just I was just it's, it's amazing thought, how that I
9: thought Paul was a crazy person. <laughs> but oh, he's fine. definitely not. He's he's dead <laughs> on, I'm telling you.
4: It's incredible how this experience will make you a believer real quick.
9: Oh I know. And you know what? It just it makes me destined to find the truth.
4: Now, speaking of which, what is the truth, do you think, of what's going on out there in Area 51?
9: Well, you know, I've heard a lot about the Sumerian clay tablets from Paul, and I think it's more plausible. I think that there could be an alien species that have created humans and they're watching over us, and in a way they could be our god or whatever you want, but I do believe that there is other intelligent life out there, and if they, I mean, with this whole experience... There has to be aliens on Earth. I'm pretty much dead set on that because of the fact that I've had my own situation and I've had been approached by these oddly, oddly men that I've never had an experience like that before. I don't see how I could say anything different.
4: You know, it's funny you bring the Sumerian tablets. Uh, you know where Samaria was, you know, Samaria, where it actually geographically mm-hmm. was on the map, you know? No, I don't. Well, funny you should say you don't, uh, because this is a theory of mine. I've had it for the last 11 years, or actually the last 10 years, uh, that the reason we invaded Iraq and really went after Saddam Hussein to take him out of power and did all that jazz is because, guess what, Iraq used to be Sumeria. The Sumerians oh, are the Iraqi. That's yep. the descendants of the Iraqi. That same land belonged to Samaria, about ba- Babylon, Mesopotamia. All that history belongs to Iraq. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of there's a lot of knowledge hidden in Iraq. That what was the first thing the U.S. Army did when we invaded Iraq? We went right after all the national treasures, went after all the historic the historic buildings, all everything that we can get our hands on, that were. Keeping records that we weren't you know that the Americans weren 't being told about, my theory is that you know and this is a theory i 've had for a long time, like I said is that there if there is something to two thousand and twelve if there is something to the Sumerians, if there is something coming up soon, then mm-hmm. the logical thing to do would be to invade the place that has the knowledge that we 're not being told about, so we could learn even more knowledge about what 's coming that 's why I think we 're in the war that we 're in with Iraq and where we 've been in this war with Iraq and the Middle East. Uh, it's really been about the knowledge of what is lying ahead from what was before. I don't, and it's amazing. A lot of people who talk about the Sumerian tablets don't put that together, that the Sumeria was in Iraq. It's the same spot.
9: Yeah. Well, I know, because definitely when we were in Area 51, um, Regina Taya, she was out there with us, and she actually um, had her own experiences, too. Um, if you wouldn't mind letting me let her talk yes. and explain her story. I mean, it's it's pretty fantastic of what happened to her, too. But Go I know because when I was there, I saw I saw the Jeep vehicles, and and then I saw a, a, what looked like a flying orb. Both me and Tammy Strawling saw it in the car on the way to the back gate. And we both saw it, and then we're like, paw, paw, paw. and then all of a sudden it just disappeared. And then we see the Jeep vehicles coming up, and we're like, oh, my goodness, okay, well, as long as we're not getting in trouble and we're not going past the gate, we should be fine. And then Regina, you know, she had her own experiences, too. And here, I'll give you the phone to her.
5: Okay. Hello. Hello, Regina. Hello. The, I, Hi. My name is Bron McComas. I'm the uh, co-host here on Skywatchers Radio. And my other co-host is uh, the Jackal. He's also uh, known as Angel. Uh, mm-hmm. He's on here. That's, that's, my sl-
4: that's my slave name, Angel. <laughs> you slave man, all that's great. It. We all have
7: it.
5: Mm.
4: But listen, we're talking, we were talking about Area 51 here and we heard you have an experience of Area 51 you wanted to share with the audience. Uh, what happened to you at Area 51?
10: Okay, as we were,
9: um, looking up at the stars, you know, trying to see if we can
10: see anything,
9: um, you know, straight in the sky and we noticed that lower to the ground, if this was below the mountain level, we saw this flickering light. And we tried to look at, it, look at it with our binoculars. Didn't really make out anything. You know, it was just a flashing light. Um, and then the next day, the next morning, as we're going down the road, going towards the area where we saw the flashing light, uh, there was absolutely nothing there that could have made... There was, I was assuming that maybe there's a house over there. We couldn't see anything. So then, You know, it was dark. But then as we go down the road and we see that area where we saw the light, there was absolutely nothing there. So it was kind of a strange yeah. occurrence that we saw when we were there.
4: Interesting. And is that the only experience you've had Area fifty one or related to Area fifty one?
9: Um, there was other experiences. We did do three have a chance to do three um, ghost hunts, um, and three areas um, in Rachel, Nevada. And actually I'm gonna have Chantel talk about that.
4: Okay. We're playing, uh, hopscotch with the musical right chairs.
5: Musical chairs, <laughs> <There we> Okay. <come. laughs>
10: hello, good evening.
5: Hello. Good evening.
10: How are you? This right. is Chantel.
5: Well, hello, I'm Brian McComas. I'm Angel. Welcome, Chantel.
4: And, uh, now, tell us your experience at Area 51. And we have, we have only a little bit of time left because we've got to go to commercial in a little bit. Uh, so go ahead, you have about 10 minutes. Uh, before we hit commercial again, guys, so uh, tell us your story.
10: Well, I also experienced um, some of the same things as Judy and Regina. We were all there together, but we had got introduced to the uh, people who actually owned the Alien Inn, and they took us on three separate ghost hunts. On these ghost hunts, one of them was just something right out of the cartoons community. There was bats flying around and rats and We were drawn uh, to this particular area, um, and there was a bird that had got trapped. And Paul actually took the bird. It was the bird that the uh, occupants that had passed away, the man was building the only structured home in Area 51, and he actually fell out of the window um, as he was building it. And then the wife had... um, died exactly two months prior or after, and we were, they were still all of their belongings. It was so recent, and there was like a lot of, basically, they're still there in their home, and there was a lot of um, uh, scary feelings. Well, on the other one, we um, actually got a photograph of a apparition in the window in the bathroom, of a man standing there, and there was only Judy and I doing the investigation. When we, It was sort of like a, the funhouse effect as we were walking through, and we had gotten um, different areas. There was, like, a lot of violent um, activity that had happened, and there was, I believe, a man had murdered a woman in this particular... Uh, uh, they rent these out for tourists to come. They're, like, modular-type homes. Okay. Um, so, that's basically our ghost hunt. We had, um just a lot of different, uh, photographs, EVPs of a man telling us to get out. Um, I'm gonna actually let Paul talk to you. He got the EVP about getting out.
1: Hello? And the chair
4: changes to Paul. Alright. Alright, okay, Paul. So Paul we'll welcome back. The chair here. It oh, is, it <laughs> is. Thank you. You're, you're doing much better than we are. you got uh, three lovely chicks over there with you.
9: <laughs>
4: yeah, life's <show. laughs> hell. There you go. <laughs> life's good for you. Now, continue on what she was talking about here, uh, she said she was going to pass you the mic uh, so you could expand on this story.
8: Oh, yeah. One, one of the things, when we got to the back gate, like I said, they have sound enhancers, they can hear you walking, talking, uh, video cameras, the whole shebang. And I think Judy okay. probably told you about the Jeep. And you can see the dust cloud as it just it kept pace with us. And she right. said that she saw a UFO, a lighted UFO, hover by the mountainside and go into the mountain or whatever. And I didn't see that. But I did see this. When I had my binoculars out, I was looking on the hillside, and there's this guy in chemi Fatigues, and okay. he's looking at me with his binoculars and strapped on his back is a sniper rifle. So they take it very, very seriously, you know, because with a sniper rifle, I'm going, okay, you know, you know, they're not playing around here. And at that point in time, that's when I said, I think it's time for us to leave this back gate area. So anyway, back at the alien, we actually did some interviews. And one of the ladies there, um, on one particular day, there was 20 sonic booms. Okay, that could be military craft. Um, So they heard 20 sonic booms. Uh, On another day, she said she actually saw a military-type craft that sort of looked like a UFO. Um, It made no noise, and it hovered at her eye length, and she could see clearly in the cockpit a pilot, and the pilot, uh, she said, he looked like he was wearing some type of military uniform, was waving at her, and then just zoomed off at incredible
4: speeds. That's amazing. That's uh wow. Yeah. It, it, now, when you, when you say incredible speeds, are we talking about uh, faster than the speed of sound? Faster? I mean, how fast are we talking here? She said that. It moved so
8: quickly, it was almost like if she blinked her eyes twice, it was gone.
4: And how it big was, just, was this object? Mm.
8: Uh, she said it was the size of um, um, two SUVs put together.
4: Two it? Wow, that's pretty big. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking suburban, like the SUV suburban.
8: Uh, I would say uh, suburban
4: and sideways. Man. That is pretty wide. Jeez. Uh, Brian?
5: Man, I'm just taking all this in. But uh, my biggest question, though, Paul, is uh, uh, did you – I mean, you're planning this trip. Uh, I assume, you you know, you planned the trip to go to Area uh, 51 in advance. Did you, did you record anything other than getting samples and things like that? Did you uh,
8: have yeah, cameras well, and video?
5: Here,
8: yeah, we went and got soil samples, and I don't know if Judy told you that. Uh, yeah you she got did. soil samples, yeah, and I sent it to to the robert uh, the winter group I'm sorry, the winter group, and that is run by Robert Winter, who happens to be the nephew of Edgar Winter, the rock star. Oh okay, yeah, and uh, Robert and I have been communicating for a long time. We did the uh, case on command Sergeant Major Norton, and I'll explain that one later. But uh, um, I sent the soil samples to Robert Winter, and he makes claim that he has access to two laboratories, one in Los Alamitos and one in New Mexico. And um, he said to me on his email, eradication, that the soil has some kind of eradication, and that's, that's the use of radioactive material on vegeta- vegeta- um uh, uh, like vegetables and stuff like that,
3: and I guess
8: the, uh, the destroying kind of insects or anything like that. The only thing is we're talking about pure desert out there. There's no reason to eradicate the soil. So that's one of the little clues that he gave me. And he said by FedEx, he's sending me the whole report. Well, okay, I never got the report. So I bugged him a few times. I said, hey, Robert, what's going on? You know, you said you, you sent it by FedEx. I'm waiting for the report. He never responds. It's just like dead in the water. It's like, what happened, you know? And to this very day, I still cannot get a hold of him through the telephone. And um, I can't communicate with him on Facebook. I can't communicate with him on email. I get no response from this guy. And we were talking almost on a daily basis. So I have no clue
5: what happened. Hmm, that's that's strange. I do want to jump back to the the soil sample, though. You said that he had told you it was eradicated. Uh, Can you clarify what that meant exactly?
8: Um, His explanation for it was the use of radiation on, let's say, vegetables. And that's to, uh, uh, to extract any kind of insects that may... Go on those type of vegetables, like tomatoes and stuff like that. Is the use of some type of radiation to get rid of insects or pests? And the only thing is, you're talking about pure desert. There is no vegetables out there. Uh, there's hardly any vegetation out there, uh, just a lot of weeds and tumbleweeds. Um, so um, that was the only clue he gave me. That was his last email. And on that email, he says, your report's coming in by FedEx. And I'm sending it out today. That was it.
5: That is strange.
8: That is really strange. And I can't get a hold of them. I mean, uh, I don't even well, see are um, communicating on Facebook anymore.
5: Well, are you aware that, they had done, that there were several teams of scientists that had taken soil samples of the Roswell crash area? And they had determined that there was uh, high amounts of radiation in the dirt. However, they also proved that the dirt soil that was pulled up from that from that ranch where Ross, where the Roswell crash happened was not even the same soil that is native to that area. They had shown that it was moved, and what they believe happened is that the military came in and dug up. Uh, large amounts of dirt to get rid of any evidence and then brought in dirt from another place, piled it on top, the top layer, and, uh, for whatever reason they doused it with radiation. Uh, I've seen that a couple years back and maybe there's something to that with, uh, with your soil samples.
8: Mm-hmm. And another interesting thing is, like I said, I write an article about every one of my investigations. Even if I find nothing or we debunk everything, I still write an article about it. Well, uh, a couple days ago, I was looking for my UFO story, and that was published all over the place. I can't, I'm Googling it, and I can't find it anywhere. So I'm going to still keep on looking, but I wrote this big, long Area 51 story, and I can't seem to find it now. Um, I found Judy's story about the men in black. That's still on the Internet, but I'm having a, a hard time just finding my story, and that's really unusual.
5: Well, if, you know, if, if you want to get into the, uh, theory that you're being, you know, followed and harassed by the men in black, then, then you have to ask yourself why. And there has to be something that you or one of your teammates have uncovered or witnessed or, or something that maybe you don't realize you did and maybe that's why you're missing your reports and your friend is, uh, you know, missing an action and things like that. So, uh, if I were you, I'd take some time to go over every small detail. Maybe there's something you missed, uh, or maybe they're afraid, you know, maybe the men in black are afraid that you witness something.
8: That's, that's a very good possibility. Even like when Chantel was telling you a story about our little ghost hunt, where they took us to uh, a haunted house and two haunted trailers. Well, this whole section of the town is abandoned. Why is it abandoned? I don't understand. I mean, these were pretty normal trailers, very livable. Um, I mean, they were kind of trashy inside. Uh, the one house looks like they was possibly hoarders that lived there. Uh, the guy takes us in his little. We followed them in his quad over to the, uh, the haunted locations before we did the night observation of UFOs, and. I just see this whole session, and I said, where's all the people? And he goes, they just all left. I said, that's just weird, you know. So, uh, you know, did the government chase them out of there or what, you know? And I asked many people over there, and they don't seem to know any true answers on why people moved out of that one area.
5: Yeah, man. That, you, you never know. I mean, uh, you you brought a lot to the table already. Um, uh, I mean, there's just so much to talk about. Uh, if you could, though, uh, do you do you still? Ha- you, I assume you still have some of the soil samples. Am I correct? Or did you no, did you lose unfortunately,
8: those? Unfortunately, I sent the whole thing to Robert Winter. Hmm. And we'll have I mean, to figure out what yeah.
5: happened to him then.
8: Yeah. Yeah, well, that was, yeah, I'm very disappointed in myself. I should have
4: kept some of it. That's rule number one. <laughs> Keep the samples yeah. uh, safe. I mean, make, I was, back, I mean make backups I was just, if you can.
8: <laughs> yeah, I was very
4: confident
8: You know, with Robert. I mean, I communicated with him so many times, and I was very confident. I just felt very comfortable, comfortable sending out
4: the soil samples to him and not thinking of keeping any of the soil samples with me. Guys, we're about to take a commercial break here on Skywatchers Radio, on PSN Radio. Uh, please stick around. We got more with Paul Dale Roberts. If you guys want to call on in, the number is seven eight six-245-8127. Everybody who's listening on listening on Shotcast, please go to the chat room, triple psn radiocom I just messed all that up. wwwpsn radio.com. We're going to be right back with Paul Dale Roberts and more about Area 50.
6: What's up? It's your boy 50 Cent. I'm actually out here in Australia on tour right now and uh, man I grew up without money but I didn't grow up hungry. You know it's a lot of people out there actually hungry right now know actually dying of hunger. You know and I feel like it's our responsibility to come together and do things to create a solution for this actual problem. You know, what I seen on this run when I was out in Africa, it was unbelievable, the devastation and desperation of people who don't know where they're going to receive their next meal or if they're going to receive their next meal. I want to feed a billion kids, and I need your help to do it. I need you to utilize your, your energy, your voice. To provide uh, additional motivation for me at times. My new project is called SK The Street Kings. And y'all know the plan. I just told you the plan. I wanna feed a billion kids. It's your boy 50 Cent
7: December a
2: Major League Baseball Productions original series that takes you deep inside the lives of the Major League Ball players. like you've never seen it before. Congratulations. You're in the Follow the world champion San Francisco Giants on the field and off.
3: My baseball camera. You got them down?
2: As they fight to hold on to the trophy. Mark it down. Repeat. The franchise, a season with the San Francisco Giants, premieres Wednesday, July 13th at 10, only on Showtime and Showtime HD.
3: Here's a riddle for you. What do the California gold rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A. A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw, by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more
4: used car, will look no further. Florida Fine Cars has the car just for you. Here at Florida Fine Cars, we pride ourselves in customer service and quality of cars. Looking for a high-end car? We got them. Looking for an older car for a small cash deal? We got them. Due to having over 400 cars in our inventory, no matter what your situation, we can help. For more information, please go to www.floridafinecars.com today.
2: Discount comic book service where you can save forty to seventy-five percent off on new comics, collected editions, graphic novels, action figures, statues, and other one-of-a-kind items from DC, Marvel, Image, Dark Horse, Boom Studios, Top Cow, Dynamite, and many, many more. Go to www.dcbservice.com for easy ordering and fast delivery, or you can visit our brick-and-mortar location at 10202-C Coldwater Road in Fort Wayne, Indiana. DCBS, welcome home.
7: TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application, Mobile Talk Radio. Imagine having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. You'll be surprised how easy it is to use. So I think what's going on here is that Obama is banking on unemployment falling. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store systems are functional. and get past the rain to Mr. Jackal the new king of radio. Is there life on other planets? This is nuclear physicist
1: Ben Friedman and now I'm a voice in the jackal's head. Is the government keeping secrets from us? This is
7: Stephen Bassett and uh, I am now a voice inside the jackal's head. Want to find out more? Listen to the jackal's head on the super.
0: Media Network. The biggest trick to Japan ever pulled was to miss the world. That <laughs> he doesn't exist. Roswell, UFOs, Flying Saucers, Alien Abduction.
5: Hey guys, you're listening to Sky Watchers Radio, and we're here on www.psn-radio.com. Click that, go to that URL. That's www.psn-radio.com, and uh, click the uh, click to chat and listen to the live radio. You'll be there in our chat room, and we are live right now in the area uh, on the uh, radio. And we have with us Paul Del Roberts from the HPI Investigations. Uh, yes. You want to go ahead and give out the call-in number? Uh, yes, Jackal? the
4: call-in number. If anybody wants to call on in, the number is 786-245-8127. Any questions you have for Mr. Roberts, please keep it on topic. And uh, oh, go ahead, guys, start calling in.
5: Okay, and I am your uh, co-host, Brian McComas, and that was just uh, the Jackal that you just heard. And, again, we're with uh, Mr. Paul Dell Roberts. Uh, Mr. Roberts, if you could go ahead, and uh, I-, I want you to go ahead and uh, – uh, put your book out there for everyone to uh, ta- uh, to, to hear about. If, if you don't mind, talk about the title and the book real quick before we get back into the rest of the, uh, tonight's uh, show.
8: Uh, sure. Um, yeah, I published my first book. It's called HPI, uh, HPI Chronicles, Ghosts, UFOs, Monsters, and High Strangeness. And you can actually find it on Amazon.com. Dot, dot and if you Google my name, Paul Dale Roberts, you'll see a lot of articles that pop up that are published on the Internet. But if you um, actually type in com, you'll see some of the articles that I got published in various magazines, books, and my own book. And I have another book coming out in December, and it's called HPI Chronicles Beyond the Norm. So, um, yeah, so there's tons of stories out there. So uh, if anybody's interested, is, they're easy to find. And also, too, I uh, have a website. It's called, w, it's called HPI, com.
5: And there you go, guys. Uh, so, uh, Paul, if, if you don't mind, uh, we were talking about if you had a Facebook, too, because sometimes people who are listening on our, our radio show, uh, we actually get questions through Facebook and through our uh, psn-radio.com website. Um I, I would just I, – I wanted to say I, I looked you up on Facebook, and there's like about seven different uh, Paul Del Roberts with your face on there. Uh, so yeah. I want to make sure that I direct the right people. There's actually even yeah. a – Paul. there's actually a Paranormal Fan Club. Now, are you part of that? Did you do that or did somebody else? <laughs> yeah.
8: Someone actually did that for me, but um, um, I have four Facebook walls. One of them is maxed out with 5,000 people. And the other ones that have like 400, 700 people in the fan club just have a few people. But that's the weird thing. And it's so funny because when I first – I was reluctant to get Facebook. But I got Facebook, and all these people wanted to be my friends. And come to find out, they were reading my story. So um, that's how I maxed out with 5,000.
5: Okay. Well, then I I guess it would be okay for me to direct people to the Paul Del Roberts Paranormal Fan Club on Facebook. Am I correct?
8: Yeah, that would be better. Okay.
5: And, and just so you <laughs> do know.
8: People there?
5: Just so you do know, I actually see 67 on there right now. Um, yeah, I <laughs> yeah. well, yeah, I mean, you know, you got to start yeah, some. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So every- everybody look up Paul Del Roberts paranormal fan club on Facebook. Find that page. Click like and, uh, it'll follow his life and everything he's putting out there. And, uh, we just want to make sure that you get out there publicly. Oh, thank you so much, Brian. Yeah, it's, no problem, no problem. So, uh w- you know, let's get back on to uh, topic, uh, whatever you want to talk about. I mean, man, this is your show too, even though you're the guest. Uh I mean, uh, the, the questions I have for you, I'm sure they're going to be the same questions that uh just about anybody would bring up. And right now we don't have a caller calling in yet, but people are chatting in the chat room a lot. Uh So uh, you just go ahead and take it away, man, whatever you want to talk about or uh if okay. you want to bring on one of your friends or whatever.
8: Okay, um, well, I'll tell you how I met the 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 Winter Group, and, um, and that's kind of a unique story. Um, the Winter Group, okay. I I was contacted by John Vasquez, and I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he has a book out called Incident at Fort Benning, and I'm not in familiar nineteen with... no, okay, in nineteen seventy seven, he claims that there was UFOs sighted at Fort Benning, Georgia. And there was like a huge formation of soldiers out there witnessing these UFOs. And during that time, the UFOs did a sweep over the soldiers, and they all went into a trance and passed out. And they found themselves in the UFOs themselves, being experimented on. And they were actually abducted, some of these soldiers. And there was actual skirmish where there was a lot of uh, 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 artillery shells being shot in the air and one UFO actually crashed. And so the book, Incident at Fort Benning, it's a very incredible book, and John Vasquez has been on many, many radio shows and everything else, and he's been on Coast to Coast. Um, so I did an interview with John Vasquez. Well, anyway, I said, John, I said, you know, you need people to back up your story. So I put the article out there. I said, anybody that was out at Fort Benning, Georgia in 1977 that actually witnessed these UFOs, please contact me. Well, I started getting people contacting me, and these people didn't want their name out there. I said, okay, well, that still doesn't help, John. John was all excited, and he goes, wow, there you go, Paul. You know, I'm not lying, you know. I go, yeah, John, but they don't want their name published. That doesn't help me any. Then finally, one man steps, steps up to the plate, and he is known as Command Sergeant Major Norton. And he he commanded a battalion at Fort Benning, Georgia. Well, here's the incredible thing. He was part of the cleanup crew of the UFO, and he said that he had some of those parts, those UFO parts buried in his backyard in Florida. I'm sorry, not Florida, in Arkansas.
5: Yeah, now I, I do yeah. want to interrupt you and say I do know, uh, of Command Sergeant Majors James Norton, if that's who you're talking about, and, uh, yes, his proof exactly. of UFO. Yes, exactly. yes, yes. Very After famous you case. Know about him. Yeah. Uh, just through, through study, uh, actually, um, uh, I, I want to say one of my, uh, one of my good friends was, was trying to do a study, I believe, on something he was connected with, and somehow his name got brought up, and he has proof of UFOs, and uh from what I understand, don't quote me on it, but from what I understand, uh uh Mr. Norton, or Command Sergeant Major Norton, his, his first name is James, uh he actually had a couple of death threats, from what I understand, through one of my friends. Exactly,
8: exactly. Okay, well then we're right. talking about
5: the same guy, and yeah, I, I do know a little bit about it.
8: I broke the story,
5: yeah, I broke the okay, story. Okay, all right. Yeah.
8: And- and I got it out there, and it was actually featured on Coast to Coast, on uh, Coast to Coast AM. And he, he was uh, interviewed by some other people and everything else. So anyway, he was so excited he was going to go ahead and uh, take it to the public, um, have the UFO debris analyzed and everything else. And that's when I met the winner group. And the Winter Group says, hey, we will go down to Arkansas. We will analyze it and everything else. And then that's when James Norton clammed up and said he was being intimidated. He was being interrogated by military officials that, tell, that told him to shut up and keep it hush-hush. So it just went nowhere. And then after that, uh, the Winter Group, you know, we I, I became really good friends with Robert Winter, learned that he was a nephew of Edgar Winter and everything else. And we were just, he's talking about some of the UFO cases that he's been involved in and everything else. And from just talking to him, he's very knowledgeable about uh, UFO investigations and how he conducted it and everything else. And um, so it really surprised me and amazed me when I didn't get those soil samples back from him. so from all the communication that I had with them.
5: Yeah, and you know, hopefully uh, nothing's wrong with him. Hopefully he is okay. That's kind of kind of creepy. Although I will say it wouldn't be the first time that I've I've uh, heard heard something uh, similar to this, and then uh, someone turned up uh, uh, mysteriously ill and mysteriously uh, deaf uh there was actually a young investigator named Kenny Young that uh was uh, very well known in this area for uh, his paranormal investigations and breaking stories and he got cancer very mysteriously and very rapidly and before even half of his fr- family and friends knew about it he he passed away and uh it was very strange died at a very young age uh but hopefully um uh you know there's 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 no real threat there maybe he's just hiding i, I don't know but well, just it, like be, Jack Ruby, yeah.
8: after uh, he shot Lee Harvey Oswald, all of a sudden he gets cancer in prison, and it took him quickly. It's like – yeah, it, it almost makes you think the government was involved. Yeah,
5: and uh, with – and, you know, there's I, – I live in uh, I live in Ohio in a community called South Point, and uh, it, it's a city called South Point, and right across from South Point is another community in Ohio named – Named Chesapeake, and there is a man who is a thirty-third degree Mason whose name is Jerry, and he is the officer who was escorting Lee Harvey Oswald uh, when Lee Harvey Oswald was shot, and uh, he's been on History Channel and all kinds of things. And I know Jerry very personally, and uh, there's a lot to that story. There, there, there really is. This is a small, small world, (laughs) but uh, Jerry
8: actually absolutely.
5: Yeah, he actually lives uh, just one city away from me.
8: Well, And, you know, it was so funny because when I did the interview with James Norton, uh, his story compared very well to exactly what John Vasquez was relating to me. And in all the details and everything else, his story was very consistent. And even Stanton Freeman was involved with that story, and he was talking to uh, Norton, uh, almost on a daily basis, and he was—he wanted to get out there and look at the UFO debris and get it analyzed. And another, uh, uh, the producer of uh, Sci-Fi Channel's uh, Fact or Fake, uh, wanted to also too. They contacted James Norton, and they wanted to look at the UFO debris. And then all of a sudden, like James Norton, just clammed up. He turned down Sci-Fi Channel, he turned down Stanton Freeman, and he turned down The Winter Group.
5: Yeah, I'm sorry about that. I had my microphone muted there for a second. I was wondering why I wasn't here myself. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, th- th- those things are common. Uh, I mean, I-, I don't think you hear that often about threats too much anymore, uh, not like it was uh, in the early 60s and 70s when you – When you snooped around, but, uh, it's, I do believe it still happens. I do believe that, uh, uh, there are people that are threatened and, uh, there are even groups that, uh, take it further than just threatening. Uh, but, you know, we need to, we need to still push people to to get out there and, uh, follow this, you know, follow their heart, investigate things like that. Uh, and, uh, you sound like you're doing a great job and, uh, I was sitting here reading, uh, while, while you're talking, I'm also reading some of the, uh, story about, uh, uh, Mr. Norton, and it does give you credit, uh, uh, a lot through here. Uh, and, uh, that's just really amazing. It is indeed a small world. Uh, it so I, I do wanna, world, yeah. I do wanna congratulate you on that. And, uh, I mean, you have all my respect for breaking that story. I, I've heard about it and, uh, uh, I mean, that, that is, uh, a really big, uh, uh, piece of, I guess you could say historical ufology. Uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, just keep with it. Um,
8: uh, well, well, you, guess what? In January, we're planning to go to Las Vegas. And uh, when we get to Las Vegas, okay, we're going to do the normal ghost thing. We're going to investigate 21 haunted locations. Even the ghost of Elvis Presley and Bugsy Siegel are seen in these certain locations in Las Vegas. But one of our main purposes there are to go over to the Janet Airlines And try to interview some of the employees of Area 51. We're going to. Oh, that that. would
5: be awesome. Yeah, that would indeed be awesome. Uh, Now, uh, well, I mean, how do you go about that? Because I've always, I've always heard that the employees are flown in from like some plane or something.
8: Right, they're flown in from Janet Airlines. They're called Janet Airlines, and uh, that's their call sign and they fly out of Las Vegas airport and there's an area um from what I'm told that you can see where the employees are walking into the plane or there's like the waiting area where the Area fifty one employees are and that's where we're gonna be hanging out at.
5: Okay, okay, yeah. Well I don't know if you're gonna get an interview but uh you know I would say I would say it can't hurt Trying, but then again, <laughs>
8: yeah. Well, yeah. You know, well, we're just gonna check it out and see what we can do. You know, so we're we're kind of persistent, but anyway, <laughs> so we're, you know, we're not gonna get ourselves in trouble, but we're gonna see what we can do if we can get close to one of these guys.
5: Yeah, 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 man. I mean, if you get, man. The, the story would, that you would break on that would be so major if you could actually get an interview with somebody at worked there. Although, uh, their life would probably be in danger within the hour. So, but, uh, yeah. you know, I'm sure you have a way to hide their identity or whatnot. And, and with, you know, with today's communication and everybody being more open about UFOs and paranormal things and aliens, you know, hopefully someone does come out and leak something to you.
8: Oh, yeah. And not only that, one of the guys that, what, that hangs out at the Alien, the Alien, I mean, people like Bob Bob Lazar, George Knapp, they hung out there. Uh, they've, they've been there. Their pictures are hung up on the wall and everything else. But we talked to one guy, and he hangs, there, hangs out there a lot. And they said, you need to talk to that guy because he worked at Area 51. So I went over there, and he just looked at me, smiled. And he just said, anything that you believe in is possibly true. And then he left it at that.
5: Wow. Well, I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's saying a lot though. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So and I've heard that like, before, wow. by the
4: way. Yeah. I have heard that before from others.
8: Yeah. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't disclose his name. Um, I think I, I, I got his uh, first name from one of the employees, and she told me, she goes, don't put his name into the article. I go, okay. And, um, but he was very mysterious. Um, he looked like a farmer, but he said he actually worked there, and and he couldn't discuss anything over there from what he saw and everything else. But he gave me that big smile, so... <laughs> Who knows?
4: <laughs> A big grin.
8: Yeah. So anyway. But yeah, I mean, um, we've been very, very busy, you know, we you know, we do mostly ghost hunts, but um uh, but we try to get out there. I mean, I've been to Skinwalker Ranch, Ooh. I've been uh uh I received all kinds of reports in Monterey about U.S.O.s, unidentified submerged objects coming out of the ocean, and becoming U.F.O.s,
4: and we did investigations right.
8: there and everything else. So we've been very, very
4: busy. You know, one thing I don't think you've ever really covered on here is uh, the Hollow Earth theory. And we were talking about that in the chat room a little while ago. Uh, you know, with with undersea objects that come out of the sea, a lot of people are saying that they're coming in from the Hollow Earth. Uh, have you looked, in, looked into the Hollow Earth at all? I mean, I know you're friends with Dennis and Rick uh, from Unraveling the Secrets. Dennis, of course, the Hollow Earth Insider himself. But have you looked into the Hollow Earth theory at all?
8: Well, you know, Admiral Byrd was a very, very commendable type person, uh, very reliable, uh, very credible. And from what he said, you know, that he actually was – he actually flew into the Hollow Earth and uh, – captured sort of like by a UFO that kind of pulled his plane. I mean, um, either he was telling the truth or it was a cover story for something else, you know, so um, but that's kind of like how the whole thing started. Well, maybe not because, you know, you also too have ancient people that talked about a hollow earth. So uh, anything's possible. I mean, you're talking about maybe various dimensions, various dimensions that can take you into a hollow Earth. So um, maybe at some point in time in our reality it's all solid, but in another interdimensional type of pathway, we would find that the Earth is hollow. So uh, the universe is very mysterious. You know, who knows? Didn't they
4: just discover that one of the moons on Mars was uh, hollow?
8: Oh, really? Well, not you know, recently. also, too, the, the Apollo astronauts, when they one uh, uh, of the Apollo flights to the moon, they said that when it landed, the craft landed, that the moon echoed as if it was hollow. And that could be the big eye in the sky. Who right. is to say that there's not a UFO base inside the moon itself
4: and that they're watching every movement that we do here on Earth? Well, that would be the perfect place to observe us, wouldn't it? I mean, right on the moon, right above us. You could just sit there with the telescopes looking right down at us and, and looking at everything we're doing. But, yeah, it's actually – it was the Phobos um, uh, moon uh, moon on, on Mars that uh, was found to be hollow this past year. Um, and that's the moon amazing. that's kind of – yeah, it's kind of oblong. And doesn't mm. it have a strange orbit? So Not only – Not only that, that's also the moons that the Russians were trying to take pictures of in the late 80s or mid 80s. Uh, I think it was late 80s. And of course, the Phobos mission got derailed because something hit the actual uh, ship that we sent, that the Russians sent up there. Uh, The Phobos 2, or the Phobos 1, I believe, was one that was hit. And uh, the last picture that snapped, it snapped the picture right out in the middle of space. There's the moon. Phobos one of the moons, and you see a little, what looks like a UFO right in the middle of the frame, and that's the last picture it snapped before it got taken out of commission. Uh, so you there's know, a lot I've of interesting always, stuff for those moons. I've always, I always thought
8: Phobos was an artificial satellite, you know, that's, uh, camouflaged to look like a piece of rock. Um, I don't know, I've always thought that because it said it had a strange, uh, uh, orbit, um, uh, just because of the shape of it and everything else, uh, you know, it's just, it's just a very odd um, uh, piece of rock out there. I mean, it's, there's, I, I feel there's more to it than, than you know, thinking that, that it's just a piece of rock, a satellite.
4: You know, it's funny, uh, though. Uh, the more we discover space, the more we discover that it's a lot stranger than we think. Oh yeah, Everything in space is a lot stranger than we believe. Uh, you know, every time oh, yeah. I see stuff from Mars, uh, the rovers or you know any any of the pictures that come out of Mars, it it just shows you really. You know, it, it looks a lot like Earth in in a lot of ways. You know, it looks like the like Death Valley or something like that. But uh, there's so much you know, anomalies that they're finding on Mars, which really shows you that the the universe is a strange place. And we're talking about just two planets in one little solar system. We can't even find oh, yeah. all the other millions of planets, galaxies, suns, and all kinds of other things that are going on in outer space. Well, we're just out here sitting, listening to the radio, talking about these subjects.
8: Oh yeah. I know, besides the whole universe, and then there's possibly wormholes and
6: Into the other black dimensions. holes,
8: exactly what does it do? Yeah, other dimensions and everything else. A uh, 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 great possibility of life just being abundant throughout the whole universe and in different mm. stages. It could be a planet out there just full of uh, plant life and nothing else. Or it could be uh, um, other planets which are similar to us, which, you know, that they don't have the knowledge to travel from one end, end of the galaxy to the other. But then there's these ancient civilizations that know how to utilize wormholes to get from point A to point B. So, yeah, it's it's amazing.
4: No, the possibilities are endless. I mean, space is infinite. If it, is it not? or at least we believe that it's infinite. That's what, you know, everybody tells us. It looks infinite. If it is infinite, that means there's infinite amount of possibilities of what could be going on out there. But listen, uh, Paul, let me yeah. ask you. Have you ever seen the video on YouTube for the Skinny Bob alien, the gray alien supposedly recovered at the Roswell crash? Uh, this video's been making the rounds. It's, it's really hot on YouTube. A lot of people are, have uh, been commenting on it, on it being authentic. Some people, you know, are trying to debunk it already saying it's fake. Uh, nobody's come forward yet claiming to be the people who created the video. But have you seen this video at all? It's a little alien, uh, and it looks like it's in some kind of a, of a hangar base and they're doing experiments on it. He's walking around. Is that
8: the one that's being interrogated? I saw that one.
4: Well, it might be because I think it, at one point it is being interrogated and they're measuring its height at one point and you see him like moving around while they're measuring its height. Uh, have you seen that video? At all? Do you know what I'm, what I'm talking about? I wanted to get your opinion on it.
8: Well, send me the link just in case it's the same one. Well, and okay, sure I, was
5: gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say there's actually a lot of of these videos and uh, the one that uh, the jack was talking about is the specific skinny bob one. Uh, there, you know, he, this is the famous, uh, EBE, the EBE, uh, that everybody talks about that was interrogated and everything. Uh, okay, but this, okay. the,
8: I think that's the one I saw.
5: Okay. The majority of the film, uh, is black and white and it does look uh, authentic. I mean, at least to me.
4: Yeah, this was uh this is a tough one for me. You know, I, I like to have an open mind, but I'm very skeptical as well.
5: Of well a lot of stuff know, that fact, I see on YouTube,
4: but this, fact, this one was good.
8: Okay, Factor Fake, They uh, the one uh were the aliens walking behind the newscaster, they proved that was fake. And they straight up asked the producer. They said, hey, you have knowledge in this and this in producing movies. They said, did you fake it? And he finally confessed. He goes, yeah, I faked it. So that was incredible because oh, yeah. when you look at it, yeah, I mean, it looked pretty damn real, you know.
4: I'm still uh, hung over the well. uh, alien autopsy video that supposedly some folks mm-hmm. have come forward and they, They're the ones who created it. Uh, the Ray Sintilly, the guy who supposedly bought the footage, still claims that it's authentic, as far as he knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, the jury's still out on that video. But it, w- it, w- it would make sense, though, if, if something like this does get leaked, that people will come out saying, oh, yeah, no, this is fake. I made this. You know, just to kind of discredit it. If it is real and if, if there is a conspiracy.
8: Yeah, well, we just also, too. What's that? Oh, okay. Jeannie wants to talk about one video. Okay, Uh, that she saw. Okay, hold on. Okay.
9: I know I saw one video of um, a couple guys who are in the woods and they see like this creature, um, and it almost looks like a human, but it looks like alien esque. And he's like kind of like kneeling down behind a tree. And then all of a sudden it comes like running at him, and then the guy's apparently freaked out or whatever, and they have another picture of it that ended up on the news. Now, it, do you know if that was ever debunked or if that was actually true?
4: The one, I know the one you're talking about, the one is on Mexico, I believe?
9: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. No, that's a different think, one because wasn't that the one with the news? Are you thinking of the one with James-
4: do no, you think that the one that Jamie Musan was talking about a lot on, on air, uh, that had the kids playing soccer, is that the, the one you're talking about, the, the alien breaches? Yes. Yeah. Yes.
9: Yeah.
4: That actually yeah, was, was never the- debunked, or and it was never, uh, nobody claimed to, to have created it. It just, uh, you know, Jaime Musan put it out there, uh, it's made the rounds, but nobody's ever come forward officially debunking it, as far as I know.
10: Well, cause I do know
9: that there is a video in Arge- of Argentina, I think it is, where um, a couple guys were actually in the woods and they had seen this creature and they posted it as like a fallen angel, but to me it looked like an alien that was like in the woods and it was just kind of like um, kneeling down and then all of a sudden got up and they actually got it on video.
4: Listen, 215, you're live on Skywatchers Radio. Welcome to the show. Uh, what do you got to tell us?
11: Um, hi, thanks for taking the call. Um, I hey, heard the men here? in black... I heard the men in black story being told earlier and, you know, we don't hear a lot of, you know, actual men in black, you know, contacts. So whenever I hear them, you know, I just kind of think, I mean, you know, what kind of balls does it take to keep going after you have a men in black contact? I mean, doesn't that kind of put the fear in you? I mean, you got to know at that point, I mean, that's almost like, you know, proof that, you know, you know what you know, and maybe you don't know exactly what you know, But you know, and maybe they don't want you to know. And at that point, I mean, how do you just, you know, decide to keep going up against that?
9: My, the reason why I do it is because I want to search for the truth. I mean, I'm a paranormal investigator anyways, and we go out and we do ghost hunting. And, yeah, there are some cases that I really don't want to go on and I don't really want to do. But, I mean, I had already planned on going to Area 51. I had, I've always, you know, thought about going, but I've never really been into aliens or and I didn't believe any of that stuff. But I think you kind of just have to have some guts and just keep going and hope that, you know, down the line, maybe if you do discover something, you know, nobody gets hurt in the process.
11: Yeah, exactly. And that's thing that really gets me. I mean, it's like at this point, you've already gotten a visit. I mean, if you go any further and catch on to something, what do they do next after the visit?
9: Well, you know, they could hurt your family members. And, you know, you've heard it before from several other people where they have threatened, you know, you um, by either hurting your family or, you know, going after your loved ones or going after your friends. Um, I mean, of course, it's a possibility because it's the government. They can do whatever they want. Um, My hope is just that it doesn't happen to me.
4: Now, what are the odds that these men in black are nothing more than just government ops and nothing uh, to do with any actual aliens? and They're just trying to get you guys to stop doing any research because you might actually uncover something. Uh, And and the whole men in black phenomenon is just a figment of everybody's imagination when it just really is the government itself. Uh, Is that a possibility, you think?
9: It very well could be because not only that, like I said before, um, the president only has up to the 17th level of, you know, um, government control. Yeah, they, you know, he doesn't have top her. secret, you know, conspiracy. He, he's not able to go all the way to Majestic, and Majestic is the highest ranking, um, top, top secret you can get to. He, right. he doesn't even know about what goes on there. So, I mean, yes, it could be the government, but it could be something beyond the government.
4: Yeah,
11: the show. That brings up two questions that I really wanted to ask um, First of all, you know, when you say the, when you say the president, I mean, do you mean, you know, the president now Obama? I mean, is it not possible that maybe some presidents have more clearance than others, depending on how they came to be president?
9: It's very possible. It depends on the time, though. I mean, in the 50s, Mm -hmm. You know, with the whole UFO thing happening right then and there Maybe the president did know a lot more than what he would know now But considering the fact that, you know, it's a new president And every year it's different Every year something happens in the government that's completely different from the year before Yeah, no no
4: no kidding Uh, Remember Truman was uh, allegedly heavily involved uh, in the UFO cover-up And probably was the last president to have any real power in this country Before, uh, you know, the secret government took over completely.
9: Now, why do you, why do you think that is?
4: Well, I, I honestly believe because of the, you know, the secret government had to get involved because of the alien agenda. I believe mm-hmm. that's what really took over. I th- you know, it's funny. There's a, a series. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen this series uh, that came out on TV. Uh, it was called Dark Skies. Uh-huh. You ever seen that, that series? i never
9: seen, I've never seen it myself,
4: no. Okay. Dark Skies was produced by Bruce Sable, and it was about the alien... Agenda and it spanned all the way from the Kennedy years uh, to the 70s. And it talked about everything from the Roswell crash, uh, just about every, every single major topic within ufology kind of connected everything together. Uh, and I think, honestly, Kennedy probably was one of the last presidents we really had who was really a president. Truman, probably the same way. Truman probably had more power than Kennedy. Presidents have been losing their power as they've gone along. Now they're just puppets on strings uh, at this point. That's my personal Pretty opinion. Much.
9: And you're absolutely correct. I totally believe that, you know, the president and anybody below him are puppets on strings. Um, but not only right. that, the president is here for the people. You know, he is here to uh, be a representative of the people. So why would he have access to anything beyond what, you know, we're, we have control over? I mean, we're just the normal everyday people, and he is supposed to be our representative. Um, Why would he have access to any other government um, knowledge above
4: that? Well, remember, the president is liaisons to the planet or to to the United States, to other countries. You know, that's really what he is. But the United Nations, you know, a lot of people want to make this uh, conversation about a new world order taking over. Well, what do you think the United Nations is, if not a new world order? Yep. That's exactly what the United Nations is. Uh, don't, yeah. don't kid yourself. The United Nations is a new world order. It's already here. It's not something that's taking over tomorrow or next year or on 2012. Uh, it's something that's already been here. Uh, but it's kind of amusing to me when people try to make the, the whole you know new world order agenda as the big catastrophic event of, uh, of the next millennium, like they try to do with uh, 1999 and the whole millennium thing uh i don't really believe too much of the the whole into the whole new world order thing because it's already been here uh the bushes already talked about it it's already common knowledge that the united nations is the new world order my question is uh did anybody else find it funny that the new the united nations or the new world order appointed a liaison to outer space recently
9: i honestly don't know anything about that
4: you didn't hear about that either. They actually he appointed somebody uh, liaisons to Planet Earth in case we do make contact. Uh, there is officially a person who is the spokesperson for Planet Earth.
11: Well, I find it unlikely that they would just point out their official liaison to these, you know, other folks or whoever if they're still keeping it a secret that these other folks are out there.
4: It's 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 amusing how. <laughs> that's happening now as we get closer and closer to 2012 uh guys listen we're almost out of time here on Skywatchers radio uh man scorpion or scorpion's tales own alan thanks for calling in buddy i appreciate you calling in tonight uh
11: yeah man yeah, thanks, thanks Thank you. for the call good
4: show guys we are almost out of time uh, before we do let you go though uh you guys want to give out the websites and uh everything that uh, you might want to give out to uh to the audience here that's listening in
10: yeah, hold on. Let me get Paul, Paul real
8: quick. Go for it. Okay. Hey. Musical okay. chairs.
5: Hey, Paul. <laughs> One more time. Okay.
8: All right. And um, my website is www.hpiparanormal.net. There and also, go. too, you can find a lot of my stories right at my other website. I, I used to be in the comic book business, but uh, but I place a lot of my articles first. At my comic book website And you'll see HPI Paranormal on there And all my stories are dropped in there And that's at www.jasmaonline.com
4: Very nice, Paul Thank you so much for being on here tonight with us And uh, it's a pleasure like always, man you, d- Don't make it another year Before you come back on it's been, Like I said, it's been almost a year since we last talked to you But uh, thanks for being on here tonight, my friend
8: all right. Yeah, I got misty-eyed when I saw you on the uh, on Skype there. I go, hey, I, I used to be on Jekyll's show. <laughs> <So anyway. laughs> we got to do it again, and my then, friend. Uh, it was nice to meet you, Brian.
5: Yeah, thank you very much, Paul. And one more time, uh, go ahead and uh, give out the information on your book before we uh, cut out.
8: Okay, it's called HPI Chronicles uh, Ghosts. UFOs, monsters, and high strangeness, and you can find that on Amazon.com.
5: Okay, and we only have a few more minutes left, uh, but I do want to ask real quick: uh, Can anybody who is a serious, uh, well, serious about becoming a paranormal investigator get with you and join your group? I just I have to ask oh. that.
8: Uh, yes. Um, I have what is called scouting missions, and sometimes like 75 people will show up to a scouting mission, and when you go to a lot of scouting missions, and you're learning how to use all the different kind of equipment that we use, uh, go on a UFO hunt and stuff like that, um, then we make a determination and say, hey, let's get this guy or let's get this girl uh, into the group as an investigator. So... Just start going to the scouting missions.
5: Okay, all right. Thank you very much. And, and again, thank you so much. And tell tell the uh, lovely ladies that are with you, uh, we were honored to have them. And we will definitely have to have them back later on, and, and you back as well. And uh, keep us posted on uh, any of your uh, articles uh, going on, and also the, the uh, Sergeant Major uh, Norton case. Uh, you know, just get a hold of us if there's anything new there. And we will throw you on here in a heartbeat.
8: You know, and you also too ought to get John Vasquez, who wrote Incident and Fort Benning, because he tells an incredible, incredible story. So if you want to hook up with him, he's on Facebook, and that's a guy that you really should talk to.
5: Okay. You know what? We, we will just do that. We will go ahead and look into that and try to contact him.
8: Sounds good. Just, uh, just Google Incident and Fort Benning, John
5: Vasquez already
8: contact me, and I'll hook you up with
5: them, yeah, and to all the listeners uh, definitely investigate that too for yourself uh uh this show we we want to uh lead everyone into uh being more inquisitive and uh, more alert about the uh ufology subject uh we We don't want to just uh have you listening in on guests. we want you all to get concerned uh be serious about it uh take time even if it's just a hobby to uh investigate these things. The more believers that are out there and the more serious people, uh, even if you're on a skeptical side, uh, the better. As long as you take it serious or not, uh, you know, just th- throwing evidence out. We're looking for evidence. The more eyes and ears, the better. But again, you thank that. you so much for uh, coming on the show, Paul. Really appreciate okay. it.
4: Thank you. Thank you so much. I really love doing the show.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Take care, Paul. Guys, that is the great Paul Dale Roberts here on Skywatchers Radio. Uh, just a, a great guest. Uh, you know, like I said, he's been here several times. Every time he always brings a lot of good stuff to talk about, and uh, look forward to having him on in the future again. And his lovely ladies. Very nice girls.
5: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
4: Very nice ladies. We're going to be back next week. Right here on Watchers Radio again. Uh, and actually, there's a special treat that we have for everybody who listens to uh, PSN Radio. And that's coming up this weekend on Saturday night. Uh, Rick Osman is not around right now. He's actually on a 10-hour car ride up to Wisconsin for the sci-fi convention, uh, Mary Sutherland Sci-Fi Vortex Convention up in Burlington. And uh, he's going to be remotely broadcasting Unraveling the Secrets from up there. This Saturday night, Sunday morning, whatever. Uh, so that's something to look forward to. That's always a lot of fun. Last year we had all kinds of people on there. Stan Friedman was there. Um, you know, Kathleen Martin was there. The list goes on and on and on. I kind of forget because it's been a year. But this year, uh, supposedly a whole lot of uh, new people are going to be there. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Those shows are crazy because of course there's a lot of noise going on, a lot of people talking and stuff. But they're always a lot of fun. So, uh, please, everybody who's here, you know, check that out this Saturday night at midnight after my show, The Jackal's Head, which will be live this Saturday night. And I also have an excellent guest. Guess who's gonna be on my show Saturday night, Brian? Guess, guess.
5: Oh, I I have no idea, man. I'm trying to think if you even told me. Um who's gonna be on your show.
4: Have. None other than the man himself, Mr Steve Bassett, is gonna be on the show.
5: Steve oh Steven that's Bassett. right. Yeah no I, I knew that you had him scheduled again, I just didn't remember it was here saying yeah, he's always really, really fun to listen to. He's the man. And yes, he is. One of
4: my favorite uh, people in ufology. And we're going to talk about the new thing that, that's going around now. And I'm sure you've already signed it. But the uh, they're trying to put, of course, uh, the ballot for disclosure uh, for the White House to be able to, to vote on it and take a look at. Uh, we're going to talk about that disclosure. Will it ever happen? Well, we'll find out what Steve Bassett is on this Saturday on the Jackal Set. So, guys, stick around for that. We'll be back this weekend. So, till then... Brian, lead us out, my friend.
5: Alrighty, guys, you're listening to Skywatchers Radio here on www.psn-radio.com. Please tell all your friends and family and loved ones and heck, even your enemies about us. Uh, the more listeners, the better. And of course, uh, we would love to have donations. I believe there's a donation page on uh, psn-radio.com. Uh and tonight's show we had uh Paul Dell Roberts and this was our show for Thursday October 27th 2011 Skywatchers out mm-hmm.